What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Just a few weeks away from the greatest week of our lives. The day I die, I probably want to be at Bonnaroo. Now, uh, here's the weird thing about uh, what's been going on in the conversations, either on Reddit or uh, you go on the Inforoo or even amongst our friends. Why is no one talking about the National? I can't believe how little of a conversation I've heard about the National being at Bonnaroo this year uh, because, dude, the second I watched that National documentary, everything changed. All right, that's my only uh, thought as we start the show. Welcome to the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians about Bonnarooians. Barry Corder from Ch- Chattanooga Times Free Press. I'm Brad Steiner from Hits 96, WDOD in Chattanooga, just a uh, few weeks away, B.C. Drove by the site uh, Saturday. Did you? Did you stop yeah. in? Did not. Did not. Had to go uh, to Nashville, so drove by. Not much is happening up there yet. It is amazing when they actually get started. Yeah. Like, you would be stunned at the day that they actually start building the site. Well, they move in, because uh, I know when my daughter was working with them, she would she would be there two weeks ahead. So, I mean, they go up there. And well, see, that's what's stunning about it. If that's that, just It's just two, two weeks. weeks. <laughs> yes. It takes them two weeks to put all this together, and frankly... It really puts it together in the last, like, day and a half. Pretty much. Pretty much. They're still working when we get up there. Yeah, I Uh, mean, they're literally still building roads when we get up there. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're like, putting stuff together on Wednesday uh, Wednesday morning. I don't know. Do they let, do do, do most people, they're not able to get in on Wednesday to the site. I guess we're not either. We just walk in. No, but, well, we are. No, we are. Really? um, Because we'll go up for that media event, you know, at noon there on Wednesday. And then they, what, let us start going in that night. Okay. Check in. Yeah. Yeah. and, but if you remember, and, and not to give too much away, because you guys already, already know it out there, but people keep arriving earlier and earlier and getting in line, and they just, to to alleviate that bottleneck, 
Well, to they that, put them in on site. To that point, did you check out when they released the schedule? And now, subsequently, on the brand new app, did you notice that there is an extra day on the schedule? I did. Yeah, it is. There are things on the app <laughs> yeah. for Wednesday night. For Wednesday night. I know. I don't know what these things are, but they've put them as part of the schedule Wednesday night. I know. That's insane to me. It's going to be a whole week long thing before too long. Yeah. So, so there's a Wednesday night to schedule out. And, and by the way, speaking of the app, uh, we played around with it for the first time last night. We all got to we all the few of us got together and started going through. Boy, that app works so much better. Yeah. It is such a better user experience, a better UI, especially when it comes to the schedule. Like scroll through the schedule. Like before, the grid was a disaster on the app. You know, you did. I just didn't even use it anymore. Right. I actually came up with this idea that you you, you take a picture of the schedule with your phone and right. then set it as your home screen. Right. This is as good as I could do. Saves your battery. You don't have to keep opening the app every time. But if you're going through and making your schedule right now, try that that new schedule grid. It is so yeah. much easier to scroll through. Now, the only weird part of it is if there's like a midnight show or a one o'clock show on Friday night, it's for some reason on the Saturday schedule. Oh, it rolls over. Yeah, it goes to a whole nother day, which is, I like, literally, I was looking at it. I was like, where's Post Malone? Post Malone's not even on Saturday. He's not on the schedule. This app screwed up? No, it's on Sunday. It's on the Sunday uh, day schedule. It's going to throw, throw some people for a loop, but yes. it looks good. Well, we've already talked about that. People just make your schedule for your meetings leading up to it. Have fun. And then when you get there, it all goes out. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah, I was looking at Sunday. Hey, I, I reevaluated my Sunday schedule. And based on the artists I'm going to see on Sunday, I think that we might as well just be ratchet. Uh, there's, we've got so many ratchet acts that we're going to go see on Sunday. That's I might be wearing booty shorts. Well, we talk about this a little towards the end of this episode, I know, but I wanted to revisit again. I think the whole way you and I have done this in the past and the way we probably are thinking we're going to do it, I think is out the window. Okay. Well, I mean, if I you say so. I think there's just so much the to do. Well, no, I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time in Camp Nut Butter and, and waiting for the acts that we want to see. But now with all the stuff that's out in GA, all the other things we want to visit, the group camping that we want to visit, the what, interviews that we're hoping to set up. One of our campmates last night said, you know what, Saturday morning or Sunday morning, we should adult Bonnaroo and go have a beignet. <laughs> <laughs> I said, What? You want to do what? Adult Pottero and go have a beignet. <laughs> but but like we talked about this last year and we had that robe party revelation. I mean we've gone to Bonnaroo fifteen years. I've never heard of a robe party. I, but it's right there on the schedule. Exactly. Exactly. Right there. The, and we the, could have we could have done it. We didn't do it. The beer exchanges and all that stuff. So you're gonna have to remind me when the beer exchange is. I will. Okay. Because if it's Friday, we got a big we got big big trouble. Uh, that's that's what I'm saying though. Is if it's any time we get a good <laughs> point. There's if it's at any lot. point, it's a it's going to be bad timing. There's just a lot, and uh, you know you're you're as bad as I am at not wanting to go by a schedule. I don't like things scheduled for me. Right, mainly sometimes be- because I'm lazy. Right, and I may want to change my mind at that right. time. And and I sometimes get stuck in a chair. Exactly. Exactly. Or the heat. Or the other side of the center or something. Or the heat has gotten to the point. Like, I legit, and I, I, I don't think I told the story on the air, last year, who, oh, I turned down an interview 
It wasn't Sir Sly. Who in the hell was it, Barry? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh who my God! It? When they when tried. you, you had, when you, you find out who it is, you are going to punch me in the face. Every one of the what podcast listeners would get so mad at me. Who I turned down all because I didn't want to walk across the entire festival grounds. And they rescheduled that like two or three times for you, didn't they? Yes, they did. They tried very hard to make very it hard work. to make it work, and I was way too yeah, lazy. For just it. didn't. Just didn't. Couldn't make it. Couldn't be bothered. Uh, do you want do you want to take a stab at who the um, who the artist was that uh, that I I conveniently passed on three times? You're going to be so mad at me. It wasn't Chance, but it was somebody like that. All J. All J. It would only be the biggest artist that we've talked to on this show. I said no, eh. all because I didn't want to walk all the way across the the festival grounds. And be honest with you, do you remember when it was? It was right after. We talked to Bozzy on site, oh. and we had such a bad experience yeah, with Bozzy. So if remember. we didn't tell you this either. So on site, uh, Bozzy wanted to do another interview with us. We, we talked to Bozzy last year in the Bonnaroo First Timers, and I hate to say this about the kid because he actually is a nice kid, and, and I he's done very, very well for himself. But when his time to interview came around, they, they wanted to do it before the show. And then they saw the crowd response and how it was getting bigger and bigger. So he said, no, I don't want to do it after the show now. So we go to him after the show. And of course, uh, they put five people in front of us for an interview. Right. And then uh, by the time our time rolls around, uh, Bozzy decides to take a break, smoke a cigarette, literally five feet away from us with his back to us. Yep. Yeah. Didn't we find him the cigarette? Yes. <laughs> Neither one of us smoked, but we somehow found him a cigarette, gave it to uh-huh. him. And then he said, uh, yeah, you'll got have a seat. And he stood in the doorway of that uh, And we waited for 15 minutes. And smoked cigarettes. With his back to us. There, while we cooled our heels. I just sat there waiting for him. Yeah, and, yeah. and we were so irritated by that, we decided not even to run it. Yeah. Uh, we trashed it, and then um, it basically ruined the rest of the schedule for the day because he pushed us back. And I was just so irritated at that point. I didn't want to go all the way back and, and try to. Find Do Alt J. Yeah, I, it was a, it was a bad move. I can't believe I chose Bozzy over Alt J. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, so when when you talk about like all the things that are available to you and all the things that you can do, whether it's uh, you know campground campground specific things, going to see friends. You know, we have a camp uh, mate Brian Stone who's in here a couple weeks ago, who is uh, bringing his girlfriend. Well, his girlfriend won't be with us. She'll be out in GA. Mm. So. Like he's literally going to be camping in GA the entire time and coming back and forth to yeah, where we'll we are. We'll never see him. We'll never see him. But the way that I was thinking about this is like he's he's sort of got it right because he's going to be able to to be everywhere right. the whole time. He's going to be able to bounce around and see every you know GA camp experience that he wants because he's literally going to be there. And that to me is is what I feel like. Where we have missed and yeah. where we want to expand. And that's sort of our goal this year. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be a completely different experience for both of us. I, 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 I kind of wish the lineup was worse. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I kind of wish I was wish bored it was, by what, it. three years ago? Or yeah. uh, but here's the uh, thing that we want to focus on today. Uh, when we started thinking about the Bonnaroo experience and all the things that you have to do, the one place that we I think that we've missed a little bit, the things that actually occupy your day more often than you give them credit, and that's the vendors, the people that you spend your money with, the food, um, the nonprofits, the uh, places that you shop, 
Those kind of things to me are part and parcel of the entire experience because not only do they handcraft a lineup and curate experiences around campgrounds, but they handcraft and curate sponsors, partners, and businesses that they want inside their festival. Yeah, that was something Jeff Cuellar talked about, how they pick them, what the mission, how they have to mesh, you know, because you think about it, it would be easy for them to, you know, take a big fat check from XYZ business, sure. you know. Hello, hello Budweiser. Yeah, yeah, you could name hundreds that would be glad to be there. And they, from the start, that was one of the things that sort of jumped out at me is you could tell, well, first of all, you don't see sponsorship signage everywhere. I love that. You know, I love that. Out. Yeah. And you could tell that it, it's the people that are there are there for a reason. Uh, you know, they, they match that echo friendly or, uh, social issues now. The, um, it's, it's brand specific. It's things that, that make the Bonnaroo brand that much stronger right. and reflects their values, which, you know, I am obsessed with. Yeah. You can tell when you walk around that there was thought put into to all of it. A lot of the people, people, the vendors have been there every year. Yeah. Uh, we talked to one for this show who, uh, you know, who doesn't go to all the festivals. That's all he does is festivals, mm-hmm. but it's not every single festival. Well, you might be talking about the first name that came to mind when we said, let's talk to some vendors. Let's talk to some sponsors. Who do you think of first when you think of Bonnaroo food? Spicy pie. You think of spicy pie. We all, I'm stunned. I'm stunned some of the revelations that uh, I found out about uh, spicy pie and their relationship with Bonnaroo. It was the first call I made. It was the first one that we reached out to because spicy pie is like, it's integral to the Bonnaroo experience. When I go to a festival and I don't find spicy, I just assume that they're going to be there. When they're not there, oh man, I'm pissed. Yeah. And it's one of those, I think we even, we talk about it, we laugh. I think you said, it's really good at 2 a.m. Yeah. And then we all agreed, it's good at 2 p.m. Yeah, pretty much. Or 11 a.m. Yeah. or yeah. any time. So we got in touch with the guy who runs, owns, operates Spicy Pie. The guy who has put in his blood, his sweat, and his tears. Oh, God, I hope he hasn't put blood in his pizza. <laughs> right. Either way, it still tastes delicious. Michael from Spicy Pie, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, man, we're so excited. We're so happy to talk to you. It's like when I go outside and it's warm, I smell spicy pie in the air. <laughs> That's fantastic. I bet, you, I bet you do, too, when it's cold, even. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what temperature it is. Spicy pie goes great with any, especially during festival season. I think that most people would be very surprised to learn that you guys don't just exist at festivals. You actually have a real store. Uh, no, we don't. You don't. We do not have a real store. No, we just do festivals. Stop 100% it. Festivals only. Wow. That's it. So how in the world did that start? Because I was convinced that you guys had an actual physical location. We don't. We don't. No, it started uh, back in the year 2000. Uh, the previous owner started it up with his wife and just grew it over the years. And uh, back in 2004, they started doing larger and larger festivals. And uh, here we are today doing uh, Coachella for the 15th year and Bonnaroo for the 15th year. And it all started because they wanted to do just festival food or just like on-site food? Or was it like a food truck, an early edition food truck, something like that? Well, interestingly enough, they wanted to be able to um, enjoy certain parts of the year uh, away from the states and do some traveling. So they they found an industry where uh, it was really hot and heavy during certain parts of the year. Literally. Parts of the year, they could take some time and um, enjoy enjoy life for themselves and and do some traveling. So that's what they did. 
what kind of foods were they doing? Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, has it evolved? Because in 2000, I mean, the festival scene was not what we know it today. So I don't know how many, you know, I asked. No, it was a lot smaller. Yeah. To my knowledge, it was a lot smaller, and they had to do a lot more, um, a lot more traveling. And um, back then, it was a very small outfit. And um, I think they were doing everything from breakfast foods to to sandwiches to to, to you know pretty much whatever. Um, whatever was selling, I guess, at the time. <laughs> and, and what is the difference? They even did coffee. No, no kidding. Well, what was the difference between the product that they had then as opposed to what it is now? Oh, that's interesting. I, I think uh, they did a lot more breakfast foods, coffee. But they weren't uh, doing pizza, though. To my knowledge, no, not initially. Okay. All right. And so when you took it over, yeah. you took you took over this entire uh, like food service industry, and eventually you had to turn it into just a pizza operation, right? Well, he they, they had already had done that. I've owned the okay. company now two years. So, okay. All um, right. So they've been doing pizza now for quite some time. Okay. And so so it became official. Like so so spicy pie to me. The reason why I think it lives in so much lore uh, around festival times is for two reasons. One, it's just such the per- it's the perfect festival food. It's the perfect walking food it's the perfect way to, to it's the perfect quick bite it's exactly what your body needs at all times of the day right. no matter where you are uh, that's the first thing the second thing is is that the product is so good it's so heads and above some pizza places that we even have in this city so I'm trying to figure out like when did that magic start because it had to go from like like coffee and pastries and whatever to a pizza and then eventually it became the spicy pie that we know today. I wonder when that actually happened. I would say in the early 2000s. Really? Yeah. Fairly fairly yeah. soon after. Okay. And should just to put an exclamation point on what Brad's saying, and for guys out there who have not had spicy pie, um, I got asked just yesterday for, at a, by a coworker who doesn't go to Bonnaroo, is the food any good? Yeah. No Do you kidding. have to bring food? <laughs> and I was like, no, it's awesome. It's I the mean, biggest it's, misnomer of all of this. Exactly, which is, I wow, think, why we wanted, really. to, wanted to talk to you. So, and, and one of the things that always comes up first, certainly in our camp, is spicy pie. Spicy pie, always. Yeah. Now, when you go to a festival, how many festivals do you do around the country, by the way? We do a little over 30 now. Oh, my God. Wow, that is a that's yeah. a that's a big tall order. How many pies are you estimating going through on a regular, say, Bonnaroo weekend? Oh my goodness, I you know I'd have to do some math to be honest with you. Really? I'm sorry, I, I don't have that number off the top of my it, head. Are no. there? Do you remember certain years being bigger than others? Oh, for sure. A lot of it has to do with the lineups and and um, and the attendance. It really makes a huge difference. Does it make it makes that big a difference even for you? I can imagine making a difference for. A smaller vendor, maybe a vendor has only been there a couple of years who has a very specific type of product, but your product is loved by practically everyone, yeah, really and, and I can't believe that even the lineup affects you to that point. Oh, sure. I mean, we see a, we see a definite difference in the amount of uh, not only customers, but spectators. I am a field, and, uh, you know, obviously when you, when you grow a grow field, 10, 20,000 people, it, it makes a huge difference in, in how much food you need to prepare and, and provide can you, to Brad's question, because I think it's the kind of thing that, like, I have no concept. If you None. told me you did 10 pizzas or you did 10,000 pizzas, <laughs> I, you know, I, w- I wouldn't know which number was closer to the truth. So, I mean, on a, on a you know, a good festival or any of your good festivals. Like, for what, instance, what you're, what you're expecting today or tomorrow. Yeah, what, what's, a, what's a high? We, we, what's do, a, we do thousands. We do thousands for wow. show. Yeah. <laughs> 
God. What I, that's what I thought. But this at is a like, slice at a time, baby. A slice at a time. Well, you know, it all depends on the size of the event, too. I mean, sometimes we do, you know, five booths. Sometimes we do one booth. Oh, so it makes yeah. a huge difference. Yeah. And for somebody yeah. like you who has to order all of this product, uh, first off, you know, the, the, the calculations that you have to do to just order dough. I mean, I can't imagine mm-hmm. just flour in general. Uh, how are you getting the product that you specifically need for the pie that you make to insert festival grounds here? Because yeah. you've got to work a, spe- a specific flour, a specific type of ingredient. How do you get it to you? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, we you're, with, you're not buying the one-pound bag. Food. No, you're not. <laughs> no, 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 no. We work with food purveyors, and, and they're familiar with us, and we work with them in the past, and um, they know what you know what we need to order, and, and then I work on quantities, and, and all of that gets brought in through through food providers, through, through the large companies that provide food yeah. to every other restaurant out there. And, and do, has there ever been a year where you're like, I either ordered way too little or way too much? Absolutely. That's what one do you, of the what do you do then? difficult decisions. Well, it depends. Too, too little, you, you figure it out. You run out and you try to find what you need to be able to produce more. Um, or... You get stuck with a bunch of extra product and uh, either give it away to uh, charities or to, um, you know, food banks or um, or you take it and um, you, you feed your own people or, you know, I mean, right. we figure out ways of, of, of using food. Okay. That's one of the things, and we had last year as a guest, and I won't get their exact name right, but uh, the food bank that, that services Coffee County and... Uh, Grundy County. Yeah, they come by guys like you every day, don't they, and get extras? And well, they'll do usually at the end of the shows. Yeah, okay. because um, a lot of times, you know, if we have some food uh, prepared after the end of each evening, you know, we're not allowed to keep that food. We don't want to keep that food because it, it becomes dangerous. So we end up usually feeding the staff around not our staff but like security right. and some other people maybe cleaning the grounds and stuff like that so you know it, it doesn't go to waste don't right. don't by any means um but um you know and, and people are appreciative of it too when they're working at two three o'clock in the morning and they're hungry you know usually we have a little extra that um they can partake on how, how, you sometimes you have one booth sometimes you have five booths uh how many people do you guys actually employ or are these people that you're pulling that are usually locals? Uh, are you bringing any sort of pulling, like your own staff or, or around the country? Pulling with you? locals. Only locals. Most lo- of it's pulling locals. Okay. Yeah. And, and you trust and you trust and you trust them to make the product that that you want, or do you have specific people just making the pies uh, entirely? For, for the most part, people that are making the pies are people that know, that have been with us for a while. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's yeah, we, we we trust those people that have been trained and that have done it over and over and over again, especially in in events where we have to pump out volume and make a consistent, good tasting product. So my my brother had a pizza place for a while, so I know the amount of prep, especially getting the dough. I I assume. From what you just said, at the end of the day, you have to get rid of everything. How much can you prep? Oh, God. What um, a great question. <laughs> well, for the most, a majority of everything is, is set. We, we, do, we do a lot of pre-ordering in, in that, um, you know, we've got to prep the vegetables and the onions and, and, and things along those lines. But, you know, all the cheese comes pre-shredded. Right. You know, we, we try to cut, cut it. We limit the amount of prep that we have to do because there's just – yeah, you know, so much to do during the show that yeah. that prep becomes a, a difficult chore. 
So I mean, making the sauce is a is a is a three or four step process, but but it doesn't take that long. You know what I mean? So we yeah. just, we try to limit. We have pretty well set processes around everything. Now this might be a little bit too inside baseball, but when you make your decisions on where to go and where not to go, where to best put your product, is there like a drop dead number of people that are going to like determine whether or not you show up? Uh, is there a guarantee amount of sales that you're looking for, or are you willing to go to a smaller uh, festival and just you know see what happens? Um, you know, ultimately it comes down to the festival itself, how many people are projected to be there. If um, if the festival is, is super super small, it, it just doesn't make business sense yeah. to go to that festival. You just it, it, I won't even break even, so why would I do that? You know. Yeah. Um, so it's you know ultimately it comes down to how many people are there, and then I also try to figure out how much food is also going to be offered too. Because sometimes some festivals they they're upside down on the amount of food versus the amount right. of attendees, and when that happens, everybody loses. Everybody loses. What what are what's a day like for you? When's it start? When's it end? Uh, <laughs> for during the festival time, oh, it probably. Probably starts at seven thirty in the morning and goes until about, depending on the festival, three to five, four in the morning. Oh my god! That's what I, I thought. That's what I thought. But, but I honestly, let's be honest, yeah. that's a lot like my schedule. <laughs> I'm just not working. <laughs> uh, but but Mike, Mike, but you keep saying at the show, you keep saying that over and over. You don't really get ever get to see any shows, do you? Oh no, no, no! I'm never, I'm never enjoying the show. No, <laughs> I'm working. <now. laughs> So you get to go. You get to go. This is just the most amazing thing in the world. You get to go to some of the most incredible experiences around the country. You get to be a part of something that is like actual magic for hundreds of thousands of people, and you get to experience Mm -hmm. none of it. The inside of a truck, for the most, for the most part, yes. Now let me ask you this: Have have you ever walked? I'm, I'm sure you have. But what is it like for you to leave the tent? Uh, in a in a three hundred degree oven and just walk around Cineru for a little while. Oh, it's it's amazing! It's amazing to see the people and and to see how um, how really into the experience they are, and um and, and it's you know it makes it makes me so I love being in this environment. It's 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 a lot of fun and I really enjoy it. Are there are there certain festivals that you can tell uh, have that experience and have that feeling over? some of the others you know i think it really depends on the festival and the type of music you know we, we do a punk festival it is an entirely different feeling than going and doing an edm festival you know different different <laughs> totally different um but you know ultimately they're all there for the music and spicy pie is there to um fill their fill their bellies with consistent good tasting food so they can get back to the music yeah um, a lot of it comes down to, you know, I think one of the reasons why Spicy Pie is so popular is because we can get food on their plate and into their mouth immediately, quickly. Yep, that's and right. It, and it allows them to get back to the next stage that they want to go to. That's right. That's yep. a great point. Like every um, every sort of industry always has their their funny stories, their stories that they share with each other. Are, are are there funny stories? Are there those three a.m., two a.m. you know kids asking for, I don't know whatever. Uh, I I can't even imagine. Um, no, we we see it all. Uh, you know, just just a couple of weeks ago, we were at a festival and a certain individual 
was enjoying the party, uh, the uh, the event too much, and he decided that he needed to climb on top of a tent, mm. one of okay. our tents, and um, yeah, and so we had to help him down. Uh, <laughs> At least he didn't try to climb in the oven, to Mike. Take care of it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, no, that's very, you know what, thank goodness it wasn't on top of our tent, it was on top of our neighbor's tent, but we were there to help them too. But uh, yeah, we're all in this together. It's it's a really a, a community of restaurants now, um, working together. If there was, you go, you go to 30 some odd festivals a year, if you had to choose one to not actually work and go to, which one would it be? Oh, see, I'll be, I would be aging myself if I told you. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I would I would give my teeth for another desert trip, uh, honestly, um, only because that's more my my style of music. But um, I really love I, I really love the big ones. I love Bonnaroo and I love Coachella. Yeah, they're both fantastic shows, um, high production grade, and um, and and the people you work with are just top notch. Right. That that brings a question to mind I, I hadn't thought of before. Um, Brad and I have talked about Bonnaroo and the fact that we don't feel like they have their hands in our wallet all the time. Has the festival industry, I mean, how do they approach you guys? Do they see you as partners? Do they see you as the enemy? Do they see you as part of the appeal and they need to take care of you? You know what I mean? That that can make a big difference, whether you feel welcome um, or don't regarding- feel Regarding Bonnaroo, I, I, I you know, I, I think they I do see us as partners. I think that they know that the festival wouldn't happen without us, right. I, and that they need to work with us to, to be able to to provide a positive, uh, safe experience for everyone there, and um, and keep bringing those people back. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really a fantastic festival. Not just that. I guess what I'm thinking is they could uh, you know, they could price you out of it. I guess is what I mean. Right. You know, do they, they they see they, the value they, of they, you being there more than the few extra dollars they might uh, get for right. pricing you out of yes, it. Yes, I, I would agree. I would agree. It's actually one of the most equitable. Go to these festivals, and you're wondering why people are paying you know fourteen dollars for a hamburger and and you know ten dollars for fries or whatever. It's 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 basically because of the festival, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? It's that environment for sure, for sure. But um, you know, you're you're in a you're in an environment where where people are making money and um, just kind of the name of the game, I guess. Well, it gets to the point that we've made before, and we I made earlier is we want to eat there. Yes. And if it was fifteen dollars, you know, for a four dollar burger, we wouldn't. We would bring our own food, but we bank yeah. on getting a good meal That's right. or two every day of the festival. Yeah. Well we're counting on we're counting on Bonnaroo to do a couple of things to curate an amazing playlist of artists that we can watch and curate a food experience too. Uh, um, and they do a really, really good job of it. And it's not just in Cineru. I mean they've curated food experiences outside into campgrounds too. Is that somewhere that you guys are, are set up as well or are you just inside Cineru? No, we're in center room, we're in campground, wow. we're in the main stage area, we're at by which stage. That's right. Yeah, we, we're, we're, uh, we're by we're, we're several different areas. We have two, two in the main stage area, in fact. So uh, this year I'm really excited. The lineup is amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's really I'm, good. I'm expecting a fantastic turnout at Bonnaroo this have, year. Have they told you an estimated number yet as far as the vendors? To- they have not. Okay. When do you no, usually get that, by no. the way? I have to ask for it. And I haven't gotten around to that because I'm working on another 
There's another one right now. Yeah, a little thing called Coachella this weekend next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is, it's an amazing, it really is just a phenomenal story. I, I, when we started talking about doing an episode of Vendors, we do artists each and every week, you know, and we do the experience of Bonnaroo. And then it struck us a couple of weeks ago, why don't we talk to the other part of the experience, the vendors that um, are, I mean, slaving away. Uh, they are just beating up themselves. Um, making products for us, and the first name that came to mind was Spicy Pie. Uh, you guys have left an indelible image in the festival world, and it's because you've got a fantastic product um, and it, the ease of use. It's not just ease of use. It's not just that it's affordable. Uh, my, it's because it's really, really, really good. And um, there's a reason why so many people have... I, I think it's fascinating. It's a fascinating story. So many people know your brand... A brand that doesn't even have a brick and mortar store. Yeah. That's phenomenal to yeah. me. Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Well, well thank you. Yeah, so thank congratulations. You. I really appreciate the kind words. Yeah, final final question for you that I have. Have you ever thought about opening a brick and mortar store? And if you did, where would have you put I? it? Oh yes. Oh that, and that's that's where I would have to do some more research, to be honest with you. I, I would I, I have thought about it. Um, and that may be the next step for spicy pie. Because you're right. People do recognize the name. People do recognize the brand. And um, I hope to someday to be able to bring it to people outside of the festival space. But right now, it's uh, it's special. It's special in that it comes at just festivals. In fact, I get a lot of social media requests to show up to all these other festivals. Yeah, nice. And, uh, and you know, a lot of times it's not my decision. And that's a misnomer to a lot of people out there. They, they think that I can just show up and sell. Right. And unfortunately, I have to be accepted to show up. Man, that is a great point and because I've walked around Lollapalooza. I'm like, man, where is Spicy Pie? Nice. Uh, exactly. And, exactly. And they have a very specific amount. They, they want locals and they want bad. Yeah. Uh, I think those are the yeah. two things that Lollapalooza chooses <laughs> for food. Uh, local and terrible. Um, so, uh, but I, I've applied several times to Lala, but I know that. I know that they usually just hire the local vendors. Yeah. And it's extremely difficult to get into that show. Yeah. And, and, good, I mean, you know, what, I, good, good for them. Well, it's all, I, from what I understand, it's local and it's very expensive, too, yeah. for locals. But, uh, but At least he, they have a plan. And, and, the, and the final thing, though, uh, um, when it comes to the, the brick-and-mortar store and, and festivals, you're right. You have created something incredible, spe- incredibly special that you can only find at a festival. Um, and I don't, I don't know... I don't know. What part of town do you of town? What uh, part of the country do you live in, by the way? We're in Southern California. Okay. All right. Yeah, so spicy pie. More often than not, if it was going to have a uh, a home base, it's going to be probably in California, huh? Uh, that, that's where it might start. But you know, I've I've had offers to open up the brick and mortar in Kentucky, um, and I have some some other interests uh, in other areas of the nation as well. It's just uh, I'm not ready to jump yeah. right off that ledge yet. Wouldn't it, Wouldn't it be great if it was just in the most random place in America. Like Manchester, like Manchester Tennessee. Tennessee, yes. You know, you know there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Either, yeah. Right just got to make it work, you know, guys? You just got to make it work. Well, man, you do every yeah. year for us. So. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to stop by Spicy Pie uh, sometime during the festival. Hopefully we'll get you n- your number, stop by and take a picture with you because you are definitely a hero in the Bonnaroo world. So 
Uh, we'd love to meet you this year at the festival, buddy. I would love that. In fact, if you do come up to the booth, definitely ask for me, and we will work that out. All right, awesome, beautiful. Thank, Thank you me. so much. Yeah, this have was, a great one. This was every bit as interesting as I thought it would be. Absolutely. Thanks. I could keep going, honestly, but I'm just going to bore the hell out of you. Yeah. Uh, there is one man that can save me, and it's Michael from Spicy Pie. Uh, there is not a person more important on the festival grounds than Michael from Spicy Pie. Maybe the girl from Cray Musty's. Yeah, I, you like that one, dude. I love a cream musty. Spicy pie every every day of the festival. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. I if if I had to guess, I mean, four out of five days, yeah, definitely a spicy pie. I definitely have a cream musty every day. Okay. I definitely have a veggie jalapeno corn dog every day. And this no year, this year there'll be a beignet in there somewhere. Yeah, okay. some sort of <laughs> croissant <laughs> because I'm adulting, adulting one day. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I'm going to do yoga maybe one day. I don't. No, know. you're not. Um, so. You know, we have a weird relationship with Bonnaroo being so close in Chattanooga. And a few years ago, a local company decided to collect junk, basically. You know, we're pretty lazy. We're pretty lazy at Bonnaroo. We have left so much garbage there. You know, not just accidental garbage. We try to do our best, but just product stuff that we bought either because it got destroyed and we didn't. We could right. just couldn't do anything with it, or we couldn't have room for it because we're rushing to, right. you know, get home. You know, all that stuff that gets left, something actually happens to it. Something actually becomes of it, and it turns out uh, most of that stuff finds its way back here to our hometown, Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's right. And we actually have a little breaking news in that regard. You know how oh. we love to break news on this Oh, yeah, that's, this what, that's, that's our wheelhouse. That's what we do, man. <laughs> No, um, Mary Beth Sutton uh, started this uh, gear closet is what it was called. Just this week, they've renamed it to Waterways to more reflect the broad specter of what they do. But they go around the campsite on that Monday, the, the Monday when it's over, gather up the leftover camping gear, tents, sleeping bags. Uh, she said not too many coolers, but mm-hmm. some things like that uh, that they think that they can clean up or that are in pretty good shape and they take them, bring them back here to Chattanooga. And then they, what, what'd she say? They, that next Thursday, I think. Yeah. They sell them throughout the week. So if you get back as soon, like if you're driving back home and you happen to go through Chattanooga on say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if you stop by this place, because you're going to find a load of gear that might help you next year. Yeah. And it's like we said, people who, couldn't fit it all back into the car, didn't want to fit it all back into the car. And so they leave perfectly good stuff and they use that money for their mission, which is basically clean water. Right, right. Um, So it's pretty cool. Yeah, they work hand in hand with the people that you see picking up all the recycling and all the garbage, um, which, by the way, does an amazing job. And and she she talks about that here later on in a second. But you're right. Something's got to be done with all of this stuff. And if you can take that stuff and have somebody transport it, then sell it, and then make money off of it that then can be donated to things like clean water, yes, that fits the Bonnaroo brand value 100%. Right. I mean, I think their goal would be to have everything either um, taken away and reused like this or composted. You know, that's a big, big thing that you see, although silverware, cups, paper product, all that stuff gets composted and mm-hmm. left right there on the farm, which is a farm. So it, it gets used. So Mary Beth Sutton and Mike Green, Mike Green from ten, Waterways. 
You just you said it, it, and I almost forgot already. Come on, Barry. Waterways. You guys, and we're going to say this quickly and then move on because you're changing your name and everything, but you were Gear Closet, which is how some people might know you. Yes. A lot of people around here know us as the Gear Closet because that's how they have interfaced with us in mm-hmm. the past. Right. And what we want to talk about, because I'm fascinated, is on Monday when the festival is over and you had your four or five days of fun and suddenly that five ounce tent looks like it weighs about five million pounds he didn't go back in the car right so it just stays right yeah it does. and that's where you guys come in what do you do with them well and so like you said um it looks like i just can't carry it out last year it was really interesting because it, they had the rainstorm uh-huh. on sunday afternoon right. and so that we found tents that were even completely still full of water when we got there on yeah. monday yeah a lot of that wasn't water it was it was a Monday, let me believe. It, it was a Monday oh, a of well no, some of it was water, but it was mixed. So um but but to answer your question, which I completely went around it we all of the stuff that we bring back, we have volunteers go out and help make Bonnaroo a more sustainable festival by gathering up somebody else's trash. And then we come and we have a big yard sale and anything, any money we raise goes back to helping the environment here in East Tennessee. Oh, that's awesome. Did Bonnaroo uh, approach you guys or did you guys approach Bonnaroo? We approached Bonnaroo about really? five years ago. And when if you look at the email chain for the woman who finally responded back there was probably 30 people had passed this email along that i had sent to bonnaroo and molly herman from clean vibes emailed me back Ah. clean vibes is simply awesome they really want to do a good job and they they, look i go to a lot of festivals around the country there is not a better organization than clean vibes because the just oh by the way just take a gander at the festival just the wet stage say three four o'clock in the morning oh, if you if you get a chance to stick around that night by the time you get back into Cineru at 12 o'clock it is pristine how in the world that is possible it's unbelievable well if you me. get up early enough as i do yes you see how that works it's it is they like, have like hundreds of volunteers who fan out with garbage bags and they do a sweep they do. They do a sweep, and it's gone in in no time. Yeah, it's but a really good But the other thing they do is they encourage people who are at the festival to help. Right. By, you know, pick up all of these cigarette butts, and we'll give you a prize. Yes. And it goes to show you that you don't have to really convince the Bonnarooian all that much to do it, because it's sort of in their blood anyway. Right. If you're going to Bonnaroo, you're going there, like we've said so right. many times on the show, their brand values are almost your brand values. As a human being, they're your values, and you're going and supporting this place because they share so much of you inside of them. So uh, it's not too much of a leap to ask them to do that. Now, would it be difficult to do it, say, oh, I don't know, at Riverbend here in Chattanooga? Yes. That's a much different Well, you talk about about that, and and I think it's that educational thing. People get it that you'll you'll see people walk 10, 20 yards to throw something in a garbage can rather than drop it on a ground moon river which was here on in coolidge park last year so many people commented about that when it was over seeing their neighbors stand up when the show is over gather their trash yeah and walk it and throw it away yeah but because this is our space too especially at bonnaroo we're all living in this space i mean most people are literally sleeping on the ground where the trash is right so let's try to keep that a little it's not tidy don't we Mike, I'm going to get to you in a minute because I understand this is going to be your first one, but 
Sure, no you've never rush. actually. Um, you've no rush. Numbers guy, so you've never <laughs> been to Bonnaroo. All right, well, maybe no, I have been to Bonnaroo. Oh, okay, good. Five times before. Oh wow. Every okay. year it definitely gets a lot cleaner, and this was this was like ten years ago when I last went. Okay. So just hearing you know all the strides that they've made since then, it's pretty impressive. And just as a festival in general, it's a completely different operation. It that's feels right. Like. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So let's talk numbers. That's the. Those are the kind of things people like. How much trash will you? Or it's not trash to you it's guys. Not trash. It's, it's gold, right? It's cash. How much will you pick? It's up? It's clean water to us. Clean. There you go. At the end result, mm-hmm. how much will you pick up? Because we had a get. Who was it? We had a couple of weeks ago, Brad. That was talking about making that eight-hour drive back to like Minnesota right. or whatever with four sweaty, stinky. <laughs> hungover guys and the, the equipment they <laughs> yeah. couldn't fit it so they just got in and drove right so right. people leave and, and i want to ask you what kind of things people leave but what's the number what's a quantity what's a, a good average i think um in the last few years we've averaged between six and eight thousand pounds of treasure to take back and and see what we can do wow and, and most is most of it broken That's what I was gonna ask. Your only take usable stuff um we mostly take usable stuff if we could figure out a way to get patagonia or somebody to take the tents and the chairs that were broken mm-hmm. and turn it into something useful we'd get that too and we'd at least double what we would pick up right because there's so much that is broken. Yeah, because there's probably a whole load of people that would, would pick up a insert tent here that's got extra parts. I mean, if I could find a broken tent that's got one broken arm, mm-hmm. yeah, I could I could right. make that I work, sure. Work. Numbers guy, do you know? Is that, or is she? Is she uh, I'm still coming up to speed with, the, All right. with the numbers. But. All right. Um, <laughs> what kinds of things, Mary Beth? I know we, we talk about tents, but... It's all kinds of. Stuff, it's four thousand right? pounds of flip flops, isn't it? It's a uh, <laughs> all left, all left feet. Actually, all left feet. No, I guess the number one thing that we pick up tarps. Yeah, tarps. What, what if they've got a hole in them? What do you do with them then? Well, if let's consider that I have thirty volunteers out there mm-hmm. and we're working out in the hot sun, sweating and smelling that Bonnaroo smell. Yeah. yeah. By the time you know after lunch comes around, tarps with holes in them are. Stay in there. Are they? Okay. Yep. Yeah. In the morning, we pick up tarps. Every yeah, tarp. You're feeling good about it in the morning, aren't you? If we had 60 volunteers, then maybe we would. Do you have to be gone? That do you have trip. to be gone by a certain time, or can you? Could you, if you wanted to, stay or come back on Tuesday or Wednesday? We could. We could if we had enough volunteers. Yeah. Um, U.S. Express has donated a trailer for no us. No kidding. For several years now, it has been a godsend. They have been fabulous. Um, and if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to. Do I was this. literally about to ask. You're not just doing this like in the back of my GTI. Like the you, first year right. we did it, we rented a truck from U-Haul, and we it was as big as this room is, and every square inch of that I truck was full. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. See, it's so fascinating because this benefits Bonnaroo. It benefits mm-hmm. the program. Benefits me because it. I need some gear. Yeah, and then you go get gear. I mean, what a great idea! And it benefits the environment so, around this whole area. Right. So, so the so the 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 giant truck literally drives through Pod Two, and just yeah, the giant the giant truck is parked before Bonnaroo. Okay. And we have trucks and trailers that we drive ah, okay. all around the whole oh, so they area. Leave, they okay. leave like the back end. Yeah, the, we have teams of, of people hitting different you. areas of Bonnaroo, and mm-hmm. we send everybody out and then have a team also at the big truck unloading and packing the truck. Who's, who's in charge of packing? Is that you? No. Okay, because <laughs> that's got to be a really difficult job of trying to pack everything in to maximize yeah. space. This would be a really great job for anyone's old man. Yeah, it ain't me. 
me. This is my dad's great. You know great this. Pull yeah, it all out and redo it. Somebody really organized, absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> somebody with OCD, not the job for them. Three fourths of the way through the truck, take it all out. Take it all out. Got to redo this. Got to got to corner. Usually, the very I guess it's the front end of the truck. The far. The part um, pack first uh, is usually packed really nicely. Sure. Yeah. The back half, <laughs> yeah. mm, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> the they do this with this kind of gear. There's the, uh, I mentioned last week, the, the uh, food bank, the Grundy County, Coffee County food bank that goes around at the end of the evening. Wait, they don't find used food, do they? Not not okay. food, but unsold or un. Okay, uh, yeah, they the, go the yeah. They go around to all of the the caterers and pick up whatever's yeah, right. left over. Yeah, they do cool? a fabulous I mean, job. It's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. And and every year I get a report from the Bonnaroo folks of here's how much went to landfill. Here's how much went mm-hmm. to you know reused, recycled. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty, and it gets smaller and smaller every year. How, the amount that goes to the landfill. What happens if? Okay, let's put it this way. How can you tell the difference between something that has been left or something that's been lost? So let's say I lose something, and you guys have picked it up. Do is there like a, a grace period there before it goes uh, like uh, available to be sold? Well, if somebody calls us and we find something that is theirs, we'll give it back to them. Okay. Um, and we frequently do find wallets and phones and right. that kind of thing. And that kind of thing, we all we turn into lost and found. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So you can pretty much tell what's, what's yeah. lost and what's not. Yeah. yeah, and the funniest thing, and you asked me about a funny instance, right, right. is we have followed the police and the paramedics around as they collapse tents to make sure everybody yeah. inside is... is If there's anybody inside knock, or... Knock, knock. Yeah. yeah, knock, knock. Are you Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah. What are the fun? What are the funny? I mean, what are people? I you know, I clothing love, that probably shouldn't have been there. <laughs> I love the decorations. Oh yeah. The uh, decorations that people have at their campsites, like you said, you have to make it your own little space yeah. for a few days. Sure. You know, from the blow up dolls and and cactus to the futon uh-huh. to the. I mean, they uh-huh. have everything. Lots of rugs and yeah. uh, streamers and lights and that kind of thing. So. Yep, we have uh, up to eight hundred square feet of carpeting at our mm-hmm. campsite. So, and I guard it with my life. <laughs> I want that car. One year we came back. I left early, and uh, there was another rainfall on a Sunday like that. And I came back, and I uh, talked to some of the campmates. And said, "Hey, so I can get some of those rugs back?" Is it? Nope, we left him. Didn't make I it. wanted to cut his throat yeah. that day. I was so <laughs> mad. Do you understand how hard it is to get the kinds of rugs that are appropriate for Bonnaroo before Bonnaroo? I mean, yeah, I could probably do it on June 15th, but boy, yeah. I got to hold on to that for 360 days. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be excited. Yeah. Give me my rugs back. How does it work for you guys when you come back? Because uh, you have like a sale not long after. Right. right. So we that we tend to wear our volunteers out on the Monday, which is why we don't go back. Um, <laughs> but and then uh, U.S. Express will pick up the trailer and then deliver it to the gear closet. And by Wednesday, we basically have a yard sale. It's that quick. That quick. It's that quick. And by the next week, most everything's gone. That was my next. So yeah. if, if wow. somebody, because I know some it people goes fast. stick around the area maybe before they go back home. So if they wanted to go see, you know, if there's some tents or whatever, mm-hmm. Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. And the coolest thing is it's so heartening to see people 
coming and trying out a tent and they've never gone camping before and we're showing them how to put a tent up and what are you supposed to do and how do i and they're getting it for 20 bucks yeah and so that's the other real benefit is we're getting people reconnected with the outdoors who maybe have never gone camping it gave me a great idea for a, a business barry we could set up other people's camps and by we i mean you (laughs) I knew knew what you meant. Yeah, he's a leader. He's a giver. (laughs) He's a witness. I do like directing. As Kevin Hart says, he's a witness. There's a guy out at Harrison Bay who does that. Not at Bonnaroo, but he will, you can just say, I need a camp set. Would you set it up? And he does it for you. Mm -hmm. Sets it all up. I do the same thing. Wow. As long as Barry's the one doing it. Yes. Uh, So how many, so if do you actually so you actually go to Bonnaroo? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so do, do you go along with like Clean Vibes? Are mm-hmm. you volunteering with them throughout the yes, festival? Yes, we're too? we're going with Clean Vibes. How we the, are kind of two of us, um, myself, and usually Barry Schultz or Chris Calhoun because the three of us have done this every year. Um, we'll go and work with Clean Vibes that week, and so and then we set up. We also do another cool thing as we set up these big bags. So if people, you know, the Bonnaroovian spirit, if people know that they just can't take this with them, they can put it in these big construction bags that we put at all the pods and just leave it. Well, there we go. Donate. Didn't know that. So if anybody's listening, you like those guys that are coming from Canada or whatever that mm-hmm. don't have a way to send stuff back. If they want to make a little extra effort, they can mm-hmm. walk it over and then it gets done. Do you, is your goal on that Wednesday to get rid of everything? Um, and you don't have to give away secrets, but you said twenty bucks maybe. If at the end of the day does it become ten, or do uh, you hang we'll on? We'll to give it? it. We'll give it a week. Okay. And then we don't have a large storage space. So I didn't think so. Get, that's why. Get rid of it. <laughs> that's why it doesn't live there year round. Is what we need. It does to, not. We need to say so. How many people are actually in Clean Vibes that are volunteering at one time? You know, I don't know the answer to that because it feels like a massive operation. It is. If you ever, and I know, I know a lot of people who are listening to this probably don't get a chance to do this, but if you ever, ever, ever find yourself get the opportunity to drive through that sort of recycling center that they put, just the trash center, it is an entire maybe two city blocks. It's massive. I mean, that's how the way they took us through last year into like the press thing. I've never seen like an operation. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen the nuts and bolts of this place for 15 years. I've never seen where they put the trash. I think I've the composting seen. is the most impressive really? because you take all of that that plasticware is composted. Right. All of that on stuff on site no and then returned to the gardens, returned to the fields and it's dirt. How expensive is it to put a composter in the middle of a farm for five days? It's well, I mean, a pile. It becomes yeah. a big city. It's the fifth yeah. largest city, city in the but state, then they, right? But then they got to do something with it. This one, I'm, I, like, what happens to that big giant pile? I want to know who takes that big thing and moves it that way. You know, that's, that's a guy with a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> over. His name's his name's Billy. He's uh, lives yeah. down the road. That's probably how that hill keeps getting bigger. Brad. That's they right. Just put that's it at the it. end. That's why it's getting closer. <laughs> they're piling all the plastic into the ground. I knew it, Barry. No, we figured not. it out. I knew it. <laughs> Actually, I think they're using it to grow gardens. I'm really? Sure. Yeah, I really think that they are using it to enrich the soil. Out there. At some point in the near future, the entire wet state is going to be made out of compost plastic. <laughs> I have a you're going to see a little thicker. Their cup sticking up. Right. <laughs> Mike, what are you going to do with the group? 
I can't let you just be quiet the whole time. Uh, I guess I'm going to go to Bonnaroo for a uh, sixth time, but this time to help clean up. As what? What title or whatever? Uh, just help? Yeah. Your shop manager. <laughs> manager of the gear closet. <laughs> nice. So he's Mr. Logistics this year. Sounds fun. All right. And scary. What are the most popular <laughs> things that people come in looking for? Is it tents? Uh, tents. The just rugs actually yeah, yeah. people go out with a lot of rugs if, if i could if i could tell chairs any, people love the chairs what, if i could tell anybody the thing that changed our camp was the year that i realized we should just lay down carpeting yeah because it, it changes the entire feel it's so much better because at the time you know this is this was 10 12 years ago when there were still like some sort of bug stuff happening right. you know i know we talked to like last week about there's just no bugs there's never a bug around there because we think that they yeah. you know, you know they, the secret to that you there's got i don't think i want to know that's what i, know, I, exactly. that's what I, I said <laughs> but you know what we're saying there's no bugs i it's been 10 years since i've seen a spider yeah. uh, i mean it just doesn't happen so at the time i was so just so scared of bugs entirely so we laid down all of this carpet and you just don't realize how it changes the entire feel of it. Well, not camp. just the bugs, but remember the first year they moved us into the woods. Oh, my and God. And they had mowed, and there, there were literally death spikes yes. sticking up every Chunks year. of oak trees everywhere. They had cut down the yearling or whatever, the new mm-hmm. trees, and it just, right, especially if you right wore your flip-flops. Flip-flops. <laughs> it was a bad thing. Yeah, it was the tough. The carpet was great. So. It was rough. Yeah, All right, real quick, one rocks. more. What is the sort of most expensive thing people leave? The, I, oh my God, I can't believe they left this behind kind of stuff. Anybody ever leave a Yeti cooler? We have not found a Yeti. We found some really fancy coolers. But last year, the the it was this incredible grill set. Yeah. Uh, uh, a propane grill set. Really <laughs> fancy. <laughs> can't bring propane in the moderate. <laughs> or, I guess it was propane. I don't that know. They snuck that in. Um, yeah, no but kidding. it was the fanciest grill thing that I've ever seen. And they just like, left yeah. it. Yeah. See, because uh, my daughter was. I'm so glad you didn't say a baby. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> well, my daughter was in charge of Lost and Found her race. last year, and uh, somebody had tried to get a goat in with a match. They had matching tie-dyed T-shirts. <laughs> he had to leave the goat behind. Yeah, I'm looking for a drone this year. Somebody who tries to drone their uh, their gear into uh, to camp via. That's your business. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody tried that and they got busted. Uh, yeah, somebody got busted on that. We heard the. I don't know. It's an urban legend of the guy who had a go- golf cart delivered at the front. No, gate. no, 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 no. That's not an urban legend. That is okay. that is a record guy that I know for a fact, and I I've literally seen it happen. He got a golf cart delivered to the backstage gate, and he's like, yeah, that's mine, and picked up his golf cart and drove it right into the <laughs> festival. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. That's our, that's our business Crazy. idea, it was golf also, cart rentals. Yeah. It, was, it, was also, it was also like 10 years ago, before okay. they really put in, you know, Okay. Yeah, I, know, he, I think he drove up then and took a took a placard off of one of the official ones. He's done that his. before, too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Out of respect, the hustle. Hey, man knows what he's doing. It's where I learned all my good tricks. <laughs> all right. Well, very cool. Anything else? Uh, is there a website or anything like that? Website is mywaterways.org. It's cool what you're doing. You better get that bag, Barry. Get that bag. You better get that bag before you leave or else Gear Closet slash Waterways will get it and bring it back to Chattanooga. This is the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Thank you uh, so much for uh, spending uh, as much time as you do with us. We really do appreciate it. If you uh, get a chance, rate and review the podcast on wherever you're getting it in your app store, either Apple or Google Play, uh, on and on and on. It really helps. It really helps um, your friends find it. It really helps 
us figure out who's listening, why you're listening, and then it helps us better connect with you in the future. So uh, do that or drop us a comment at thewhatpodcast.com. I want to go ahead and tell you, next week we will not have a show. Uh, So I apologize for that in advance. Uh, We try to give you a little bit of a warning for it, but I've got a little thing happening on Saturday, and uh, there will be no possible way that I can... I can do this next week. <laughs> Brad's going to be busy. I can, there's no possible way. It'll be worthless on Sunday. Well, I've got I've week. got a Bonnaroo artist coming to town to play my free little uh, Running the Chihuahuas Festival Drax project. Right. So exactly. um, I get to see a little uh, a taster, a little teaser of what they're going to bring to Bonnaroo. So if you're in and around uh, Chattanooga, come by uh, May 4th, First Tennessee Pavilion, and, and watch some uh, Chihuahuas race. It'll it be a, a big, big dopey fun. The last part of this uh, three-legged stool when it comes to vendors... So you've got the you got the people for profit making money and uh, feeding you. You've got the people that are uh, cleaning up after you, and then you have the nonprofit section of this, where they uh, want to espouse the Bonnaroo brand and the Bonnaroo values, but also uh, make a difference in the world and teach you something. Right. And that's a lot of this festival. If you're willing to take some time away from whatever it is that you're doing and wander around Cineru and some of the shopping plazas, you're going to find some really, really informative things. Yeah, it's people doing cool things. The, the, the We're talking to Phil with uh, Youth Making Ripples. It's an organization. I think I, I, I kind of joked during our, our discussion today that, uh, you know, here we are in the middle of Tennessee and Manchester, and we've got these two organizations that are... Um, you know, working to keep clean water in sure. particular with this group, clean oceans, Yeah, just to educate people on what that plastic does, that straw does that you throw away the, all those sorts of things. And so uh, isn't they, it amazing in the last like year and a half, we all just like had this big light bulb flash in our head. Oh yeah. Straws. Yeah. Those things suck. What a bad idea. Plastic straws are exactly. terrible idea, and which by the way, I never liked a straw to begin with. You know why? Because whenever I get a straw from a restaurant, the tip is out of the water, right? <laughs> the tip is out of the, the drink. Well, how in the world do you think the person that grabbed it got it in there? Well, that's why they leave the little piece of paper on now. Your better restaurants. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, and the better restaurants. Your, yes, restaurants. your Olive Gardens <laughs> of the world. Yes. <laughs> your fine dining establishment. <laughs> they leave the tip, the condom on there. The, yeah. The always, paper condom on the straw. You're always worried about the tip, Barry. You're always worried about the <laughs> well, tip. Well, you know. But yeah, so this is another one of those organizations that the uh, Bonnaroo folks have partnered with because it serves, meets their mission, meets their agenda. Uh, and like you said, every day when you're up there, when there's not music being played, you know, take 10 minutes, walk around, check out all those things. They they literally give, give turn a, it into a city. Yeah, give them a, just a few minutes of your time. A few minutes of your time can, can really make a huge, huge difference. I mean, just the interactive nature of what he has built each and every year at the at the festival is worth you checking out because they put in a lot of time on it. Right. And, you know, that's what we're here to do is support each other. And uh, I didn't even know they existed. Honestly, yeah. I had no idea. And to top it off, they've been there like five years in a row. Yeah, I want to support if Bonnaroo is is picking out artists for me to to check out because they think that they know my lane with insert artists here that they put on the Miller Lite stage or now the Who stage. I, they've specifically found this organization they want to show me for a reason. And because of that, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and see what they have to say. Well, and what's interesting thinking about it now is how 
it's national or even international, some of this stuff. You know, you and I, as you said a, a few minutes ago, we tend to think Chattanooga-centric because that's where we are and we're only an hour away from from Manchester. So we think about things like that. Waterways just happens to be here in Chattanooga. But Spicy Pie is located, what do you say, California? Uh, it doesn't really have a location. Yeah, he doesn't have a. He doesn't have like, a. Um, anywhere. He doesn't have a storefront. Um, these these uh, youth making ripples is concerned with ocean, uh, keeping the ocean clean. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, all these things affect all of us. All right, let's uh, talk to Phil from Youth Making Ripples. Thanks for joining us on the What Podcast, Phil. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. Tell us about what you guys do. So, um, yeah, Youth Making Ripples is in its uh, sixth year. Um, we started as grad students just doing public outreach and it quickly blossomed into a a national film festival for students. And uh, we challenged K through 12 students to make uh, films that promote ocean conservation. Um, And then those films compete every year in a competition and they travel the country to different film festivals to raise awareness about the, the threats that our oceans are facing. And they also provide solutions on what local communities can do to, to help. Um, We also do, educational programs to help with teacher development and with technology and and implementation of new curriculum in the classroom. Are you guys going to be actually at Bonnaroo at Planet Roo doing educational stuff? We are. We'll have a booth. Um, The booth will be interactive. We're going to this year we're focusing on plastic pollution in the ocean at our booth. Um, we'll have different interactive games and exhibits that people can come and check out. We're going to be promoting uh, reusable straws. So we'll have those there for uh, interested parties. Um, we're also going to do uh, an academy class this year. It's called Gross Things That Marine Animals Do. Um, <laughs> and it's on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, we're, we'll talk about the gross animals in the ocean, but also why they, why they are important. Now, how many of those things all- actually happen at Bonnaroo? Uh, by some of the people. I was thinking Brad does that segment on his radio show. It's, it's gross yeah. things Brad does. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the fun components of that activity uh, in the academy that we do is we, we challenge people to make their own mucus bubble. That was my nickname in high school, so I'm very familiar yeah. with that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, we, You're stealing your bits, man. And, and uh, the, the, uh, there's some fish species out there that use a mucus bubble to protect themselves from being eaten by predators. And so it's kind of a fun activity. Yeah. Um, we're also going to be on the solar stage this year, uh, which I think they changed the name to the house stage. Yeah, the how, sure. Right. So we're going to be doing a wait, wait, don't tell me ocean style trivia on oh, Thursday. Nice. Can the winner get a Carl Castle like voicemail from Barry Porter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to figure out a way to get one of the, one of the Jacques Cousteau um, family members to, to be the voice of the, of the answering machine oh, for the good. winner, but we haven't. Maybe he'll hear this and he'll uh, call in and, and, and let us do that. Yeah, we're That's we're nice. big with the Casto family. There's no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I just thinking, Phil. We, you know, we're laughing, we're, we're joking, but I mean, this year alone, we're seeing the straw thing has become a big deal, and they, I think, they found cut open a what was it a blue whale the other day and had 45 pounds of plastic inside of it. Oof. And we're, yeah. we're learning that, that contact lenses are, have become a huge problem, right? 
because they uh, absolutely yeah people wash them down the sink and then the fish see them and eat them and there's so many of them that it's become a huge problem so this is one of those things that seems so obvious Mm -hmm. and yet we have such a massive problem right i mean the average straw i think is used for one to two minutes and then it's discarded um it's single-use plastics and that's one of the messages that we're going to have this year at bonnaroo is just be conscious of your single-use plastics use a reusable water bottle skip the straw or use a renewable straw because um, when that plastic gets into the ocean, it, it stays there for hundreds of years. And, and some of the plastic breaks down into what we call microplastics. And that, that has an effect on the food web as well. How many years have you guys done this at Bonnaroo? This will be our fourth year oh, in wow. Planet Roo. Oh, yeah, nice. We're very excited to be back. Now, do you try to do something a little bit different every year? Do you, do you create an entire program or are you taking the similar things that you probably say throughout the year to Bonnaroo? Um, we try to tweak the Bonnaroo activities and messages we do each year, depending on um, we look at the Bonnaroo sustainab- uh, sustainability report, and we try to adapt to that to uh, keep the focus in with what people at Bonnaroo want to see. Do you do other festivals? Uh, we haven't done any other festivals yet. Um, we're, we're starting to branch out and to do that um, this next coming year. Um, but we do a lot of local film festivals uh, in, in where we're based out of, but also um, at local high schools and middle schools in different regions of the country. Where are you guys based out of? We're based out of St. Petersburg, Florida. So how in the world did you get connected to Bonnaroo four years ago? This, <laughs> we, we used to be part of another organization that got linked in, and then that organization changed their focus, and uh, we wanted to branch out and keep doing the Bonnaroo Sustainability Partnership, and so we kept reaching out to Bonnaroo. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's remarkable when you really start stepping out, and it goes back to the same argument that me and Barry have been uh, saying for a year and a half, and how difficult it is for us to break out of our box and just go to GA and see all the stuff that's happening in the plazas. There's so many things happening at Bonnaroo that are outside of the realm of just you know, music or camp. Right. Uh, and Planet Roo is one of those places that uh, y- you walk around maybe 200 times a weekend. Right. But if you spent just a half an hour, uh, you know, killing some time in between sets, you could find a load of stuff. Uh, if you spent half an hour at the brewer's tent, you could find, you know, five, six different craft beers that you, uh, you've never tasted before. Uh, one of our favorite things to do on, on a Friday morning or a Thursday morning when the vendors are set up is shopping day. Right. You know, if we've got a light morning, that's yep. when I'm going to go poster shopping. That's when uh, the Absolutely. ladies at camp go go dress shopping, you know, to get their finest Bonnaroo Sunday wear. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and Planet Roo is another one of those things. The, the, the community dinner that they do that, you know, a lot of people forget about. The academy that's inside that hay bale building. Uh, the house stage. They do yoga every every morning. There's so much going on that, that you don't, you almost take it for granted. What? You take it for granted thinking like, oh, there's there's music happening all hours of the day, but you totally forget about these individualized sort of places inside Cineru and even outside of the campsite that, that have a lot of impact, like you guys. And, and it sounds to me like you guys do a, a pretty bang-up job then, huh? Yeah, we do. It's it's really great because it's such a diverse audience and you get and people are coming from all over the country. So you really get to share these messages that, that some of our students have been cultivating over the years um, and let people know, like, even even if you're in a landlocked state, you could still be having an effect on the ocean, and, and these are the ways that you can change those behaviors. Um, it, it's really eye-opening, and we tend to get a lot of positive response from the people at Bonnaroo. It, it's fantastic because because of all those points that you just said. You know, it's something different 
you can take a break. You can take a half hour from sitting in the sun, go find that big oak tree in Planet Rue and, and hang out under that for a little bit. Right. And just it's you know, twenty or thirty different nonprofits at Planet Rue. So it's all it's it all down. because it's all because Bonnaroo is really good about collecting and finding moments. Yeah, and you can be. you can yeah. find those tiny little moments anywhere you go. And it sounds to me like your interactive activities. I mean, you were telling you were saying earlier how you're going to have an, an uh, you know the gross stuff in an ocean, right? I mean, we had right. this we had this grand idea one year that lasted about nine seconds. We were like, well, we could bring a kiddie pool. <laughs> and then we said, it was a, wow, imagine how disgusting that will get yeah, in yeah. maybe 15 yeah. seconds. It was a bad idea. But, it, but think about, I mean, we're talking about lanes. We keep talking about lanes. And this is one of those ways. They've always had these sorts of uh, groups, vendors, whatever you want to call them, in Centeroo. A couple of years ago, they uh, they opened it up to Soberoo, if you remember. I mean, mm-hmm. think about that. They, right. You know, groups that uh, not that long ago would have been partying like everybody else and decided that sober was the way to go. And and then created a support group, and and Bonnaroo said, "Yeah, come on." I mean, that mm-hmm. it, it may seem counter to some yeah. people's way of thinking, but, but it, that's it, the way they are. And it keeps coming back to the same thing that I've been screaming about forever. The the difference between Insert Festival here in Bonnaroo is that you know exactly their brand values, right? And someone's brand right. values uh, are the ones the ones that you really like, and the ones that you attach yourself to. Are the brands that you're going to you're going to keep coming back to for the rest of their existence at least? This is just another way that their brand integrity is is to me bar none. Yeah, and that's what makes Bonnaroo so unique compared to other festivals that are out there is that they have these different paths, if you will, for people to explore, and and it's more than just the music. Are you? Got, uh, are so you? A, are you a music fan in in general? Have you been to a lot of shows at Bonnaroo, or do you guys uh, go through the night? By the way, that's I can think that's the question I'm asking. How late do you guys yeah. go to on a normal daily basis? So uh, we will be at Planet Rue every day until eight o'clock. Oh wow, that's a late day. Yeah, yeah, but um, we have a team of people that are there with us, volunteers, and um, that allows everybody to take a break to go see some of the acts that they want to see and, and explore. Um, so we get a fair share of. Uh, you know, music as well. Will you be um, showing some of these video clips of some of the young people like I've seen on your website? And will you be recording new ones while you're there? So we won't be recording new ones just because uh, sound is a little bit of a tricky um, component to to take care of while you're at the festival with all the different um, sounds going on. But um we have tried to show films in the past. Uh, we usually try to do it if we are able to, depending on where our booth is positioned, shut the tent down right before 8 o'clock when the sun's going down, and sometimes we can broadcast the films up onto the inside of the tent, but it really just depends on what the sun's doing. I mean, look, I've been there 15 years. I didn't know anything about your organization. Those are the kinds of like hidden gems that you can still find no matter how many times that you go to Bonner, no matter how many stones you're unearthing. You can keep finding more and more and more if you if you keep searching. So, man, I appreciate you yep. jumping on the uh, the old show with us, the old podcast with us, and hopefully we'll see you at Bonnaroo, all right? Yeah, guys, thanks so much. Come by the tent. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Thanks. thanks again. The What Podcast, a podcast for you, the Bonnarooians by us, the Bonnarooians, Barry Corder, Brad Steiner. Uh, thank you for joining us on another award-winning episode. What award did we win today there, Barry Corder? Best podcast about Bonnaroo. Okay. Ever. Well, there's only one. So I just made it up. We did it. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, what a, uh, 
to me, I really like this. I really enjoyed the conversations. Uh, the fact that uh, we got to hit pretty much all the areas that, uh, you know, I I don't know. I, I'm, re- I'm really proud of the way the Bonnaroo picks and chooses their specific partners and how you don't really get much of this from any other festival in, in the country. You don't get much of this kind of stuff. And it just what's what makes the entire experience unique. And, and frankly, um, you know, you could have figured that out with Shakedown Street. You know, years and years and years ago, you know, when, when guys are selling you dryer doors as you walk through, you know, <laughs> right. you know, you knew that was something was unique. But once you get inside, Bonnaroo makes very, very clear what their brand values are and what they're after. And uh, I think these are the three organizations yeah. that represent it pretty damn well. Yeah, these are three. Um, think about, you know, what did they add last year? Uh, laundry. You know, they, oh, that's right. They added laundry options out in GA. That's right. And that's that's listening to your customer base. Um, and you're right. They could have. They could literally open vending up to anybody and everybody, and it has to have a purpose and it mm-hmm. has to match their purpose. Yep. As as Jeff told us in an earlier podcast. So uh, it's just fun to me. And the first couple of times going and walking through there. And seeing that sense of purpose, mm-hmm. you know, that all these things made sense. They weren't necessarily things that I knew anything about, knew mm-hmm. existed. And it changes. I told you, I mentioned uh, Soberu mm-hmm. now has a has a place. Um, you know, they've done um, um, voter registration, yeah. you know, during election years. They've done, uh, I think there's a parade, LBGT uh, mm-hmm. parade this year. Right? There's a 5K. There's a 5K. Well, yeah, that seems <laughs> mean <laughs> it does we know somebody that's ran it by the way and he came back that after that heat stroke of a race <laughs> yeah. that he put on i thought the guy was gonna yeah. fall out already walked 10 miles now he's gonna run no. another three yeah um, but barely it's just all part of it and um it, it's an interesting part of it and i'm glad we did this episode it was interesting to me i can't imagine how much pizza they turn out he, uh, it's so much pizza, he can't count it. Yeah. That's what's so fascinating about yeah. it. All right, the What Podcast, back in two weeks. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Hey, 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 hey. How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. Yay. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.